What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts in the host uh, trifecta today. Uh, I'll come your way first, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing very well. Good. Yeah. Uh, good to see you. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, it's we're... nice to be with both of you young people. <laughs> I don't think this combo has existed yet I, on the I podcast don't. platform. I don't know. I don't if know. It has or not, but it's kind of nice. We've been doing this thing for four years. I know, now, which is wild, but it is a blast. Uh, those watching on video, you've seen her already. Uh, Miss Abby Lindeberg is with us as well. Abby, hello. What's up? How you doing? Good. Good. Thank you for being here. Uh, Mark Carey couldn't be here, uh, but we're here to discuss uh, the weekend here at church. Maybe even discuss the weekend ahead. I know the missionaries are here. Global Church Week is upon us. Are they uh, all here? Uh, well, they're all stateside. Here. I love you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're on their way to Kentucky. They're on their way to Kentucky. <laughs> Are you aware of any of this? They're no, doing. They're I have doing. No clue so they're on a bus. They're on uh, a bus. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think is true, and then Abby will tell you what's actually true. <laughs> I think they're on a bus to Kentucky to do a bunch of cool things, including the Ark and some other Christian things. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, good, right? Yes. Yeah. That's not too far. Okay. <laughs> that's that's um, exciting. So, and then, and then our missions week actually starts. I think this this Saturday. I think so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, nice. uh, yeah, we'll have a couple different kind of fun things going on podcast front for those couple weeks as well. But Alicia, I want to come your way first as we jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, the triumph of the gospel, the, the series as we know it, Alicia, mm-hmm. is over. It's over. Uh, the story's not over. The Mark, story, was, Mark no. was clear on that. Yeah, um, it's, it's crazy to think that we've, how long were we, nine months? Is that what the Oh, number? it feels longer than that, but a is year it longer? Okay. plus? I don't know. Probably a year. Fact check. You guys, you yeah. listeners have to fact check that. Yeah. But anyway, you're you're yeah. just with two people who work here. You shouldn't you shouldn't expect us to know anything. Uh, and I just it's probably show up. it's probably a year and a half. I don't know. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's just amazing that we are finished. So that's a little bittersweet. I know some of us are a little sad. Some of us are super glad (laughs) and ready to move on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's mixed emotions about that. But I just love overall the, the overall arching theme of Acts and how it reminds us that, yes, the gospel triumphs, and we are part of that story. Mm-hmm. We Mark had mentioned that we're now Acts 29 and that we're, we're the next in line to bring this gospel to the people. And the neat thing is that it's God's good news and the church is God's people and he's given us his Holy Spirit to equip us for his work. And so now our jobs are ambassadors. Hmm. And, um, but we've been given, given everything we needed, uh, we need for the work that God's called us to. And in that we get to experience life in him and the joys and the blessings of being loved by Christ and sharing that love with others. I know from my perspective before I come your way too, Abby, it's cool to see the way we can end it timed with this Missions Week sort of thing. I mean, it's planned. It's part of the calendar as Mark so intentionally and prayerfully thinks through. If we do it at this pace, if we cover these passages at this rate, where where are we going to end up? Um, And how can it intentionally blend into 
the future church, the, the present church where we are now in the future church. And so to, to do that where this coming weekend we get to hear from missionaries and see them and, and remind ourselves of that Acts 29 principle. There's a whole ministry out there called Acts 29, but it's, it's this reality that this kind of thing is still happening. Um, because of Acts, we are here and we have this opportunity to do that. And so it's cool to see it come to a close, to have Mark finish it. And it, it, it doesn't finish with this grandeur of like, and, and that's it. Um, thanks for coming. There, there's more to that mm-hmm. of like, you know, I think it's the last phrase in there. He continued to do this kind of stuff for two more years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's such a continuation there. And it's cool for us to look at our context. Hopefully all of us look at our local church and say, oh, wow. Okay. It, it's not unlike uh, what they what they went through. Right. Um, I wanted to share something that came across my feed earlier today. Uh, Tim Keller, have you guys heard of Tim mm-hmm. Keller? Oh, he yeah. passed away earlier this year. Right. His son manages his his Twitter and X account. But here's what he said earlier today. Uh, he just shares quotes of Tim Keller over the years. Uh, it's fair to say our culture today is more like the culture that Christians faced in the book of Acts than it was 30 years ago. And that's leading to some back and forth from some Christian circles online. And, and it, it's cool to think about as the our country and others and the world, all these tensions are rising and people are genuinely wondering, oh my goodness, what what is persecution going to look like or what degree of difficulty might we face? Uh, we can also know about the book of Acts and go, oh, okay, it could look something like that. Uh, God's church has been up against it for a very long time. And so there's something about tying up the whole series, getting the opportunity to preach and teach through it, where I I will always kind of appreciate the book of Acts moving forward now and refer to it often of like, okay, you know, I I think most of us in the church know we have an example in Jesus of of what to do in our life. Mm -hmm. But now we have an example for the local church of what does it look like to grow amid struggle and to really figure out, okay, what, what, what are things like the role of the spirit, the sovereignty of God? What are the roles of signs and wonders and all these things? God's sovereign over mm-hmm. it all and, and he's working. And so that, that really stood out to me this, this past weekend, but Abby, yeah. anything, anything? Well, yeah, Paul's like such a good example also of how we can defend our faith, mm-hmm. which I feel like we come face to face with a, a lot these days and sure, you know, all time, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago that Mark mentioned um, whenever Paul was on trial and he was like, that was you. What would you say? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Right. Most of us would say, I here. hope it's not me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting too, the very last verse where Paul is proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And that without hindrance, mm-hmm. that, that, kind of seems like an invitation for us to participate in what Paul was doing. And now we, we will follow in those same steps. Yeah. And because the gates of hell are not going to prevail mm-hmm. against God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so even though there may be resistance, um, we are still going to be equipped with what we need to be able to share the gospel with boldness and without hindrance, mm-hmm. um, even if it costs us great persecution or even death. Yeah. And it's something sprinkled throughout the whole narrative of Acts, as early as Acts 2, the phrase multiple times. They were continually devoting themselves to these things, the, the, the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking the bread, the prayer. And, and so it's, again, such a stark reminder to us, no matter which chapter or story you're reading in, in Paul's journey, um, Sometimes, yeah, the missionary journeys blend together. Sometimes it's hard to understand the geography or all these people. Something Mark and I kind of talked about often in our our study and preparation for Acts is, man, sometimes Luke names people 
and sometimes he doesn't. Like there are a lot of players in this thing. Why would he name this guy but skip over that crowd and this, that, and the other? It can be hard to wonder what in the world. But when you see, okay, what is God trying to communicate and how it's all throughout the book? It is the triumph of the gospel over and over. I appreciate that. I appreciate that's the direction he took the series and how we kind of marketed it. Yeah. I, I appreciate the intentionality behind the logo, the stage, and all these things that can help suggest Okay, we have a ginormous God, and even all of the book of Acts and everything it includes is one small portion of this meta narrative that, mm -hmm. that's still unfolding mm -hmm. um, because God used that time and what Paul would continue to do. Abby, you mentioned, you know, Paul's a great example in all this. Where do we go from here? Well, where does the Bible go from mm -hmm. there? We jump yeah. right into the the nuts and bolts of what he's doing with these people. And so it's cool that the Bible doesn't need to justify the kind of things Paul did with certain people when he visited them. But then we get firsthand accounts of all of that yeah. fr from the letters he wrote. It's and interesting. The, um, in verse 22 of the text, um, when the Jews are responding back to Paul and they're saying, but we, we desire to hear from you what your views are <laughs> for with regard to this sect. We know that everywhere it's spoken against. And so that word sect kind of jumped out at me because mm. it's like as if this, as if it's this fringe uh, yeah, off, off <laughs> yeah. of like yeah. of Christianity, but it's, it's interesting because Christianity and what Paul is teaching and preaching is it's the culmination of God's whole plan for redemption. And um, let's see, let me go back to Acts 2. Sorry for the no, you're pause good. here. Uh, 2.23. It says here, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. So this is we see the this whole plan of redemption mm -hmm. and that in preaching the kingdom it back in malachi malachi points to john the baptist john the baptist points to jesus right and jesus is preaching the kingdom paul is preaching the kingdom and it's just really neat to see that these old testament scriptures that paul spent more from morning to evening, mm -hmm. <laughs> explaining to them are all pointing to this coming Messiah and and the Messiah that did come, and that is where the hope of Israel relies. You know, it's it's that is the hope of Israel, Jesus, mm -hmm. the the Messiah. Well, it's such a fascinating story when you think of it in in that way, and it speaks to the importance of Bible study and how it actually can be very hard to attend service every once in a while, get a get a new specific passage of Acts, and, and you can learn something from that, yes, but it could also fracture you from coming each and every week so that you get the whole story and you start to realize, man, we, we approach our, our TV shows, our, our movies, our plays, or whatever with like, oh, this is going to be a magnificent story, and then you find little things in it that you appreciate or whatever, but we don't often think of, of Scripture that way. Mm -hmm. We think of it as this this self-help, um, on-demand little thing we can nitpick through. Mm -hmm. 
that's not the intention of any of the passages or any of the chapters. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated Mark this weekend referring back to that kingdom and explaining what that is and means. And and we learned that that's the bookends of the whole book mm -hmm. of Acts. They, they are, are you going to tell us about that now? It's not for you to know. And then revealing what, what we are meant to know uh, and what God is still doing. And it, it just, I've said this before on the podcast, but when we realize we are living in Bible times, and let's say we have missionaries from all over the world visiting us this coming weekend, we are very much in the shoes of these people we read about in the book of Acts, more than we realize. Uh, man, oh, that would have been so cool to see Paul on his missionary journey and, and look at all the fellowship and relationship he has with people he hasn't seen. What, what could that look like? Come to FBC over the next two weeks. You'll see exactly what that can look like today. Mm -hmm. and, and we are positively implicated in the gospel of Jesus Christ because of that. And man, it just continues to ring true as we study it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, one, one thing too that stood out to me over the whole course of Acts was the sovereignty of God and just his character and his um, providence over every little detail. And mm -hmm. here at the end of this Acts passage, we see him referring back to Isaiah and uh, affronting the Jews with their hard-heartedness. And, um, and, and then the chapter kind of ends. It's like, you, mm. this message is for the Gentiles. And there's a lot of unanswered questions at the end of chapter 28. But in view of God's sovereignty and the letter that he wrote to the Romans three years prior and um, the other promises that we've been given about that God is not forsaking Israel. And I just went back to Romans 11 and I was uh, starting in verse one. I asked then, has God rejected his people? By no means. And then moving on to verse 11. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall by no means, rather through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will the full inclusion mean? And there's a remnant that God is, um, is going to preserve, and he is using these hard-hearted Jews to include us Gentiles and we're mm -hmm. going to be grafted in as a wild olive mm -hmm. tree. And so just even wrestling with our, you know, hard hearts and tender hearts and uh, hearts that are calloused and hearts that believe God's sovereign over all of these hearts. And he's, he's working his redemptive plan of salvation. And so I just, I just think that God's sovereignty spoke so loudly over Acts in all of the details. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that was happening in Acts that wasn't out of his control. Mm -hmm. And that is such a good place for us as we move forward. In our small group last night, we were just talking about sharing the gospel with people. And um, there are 
people who are in our body who are missionaries mm -hmm. to other places. We have missionaries coming to us this next week. Um, there are people who have vocations. There are people who stay at home. There are people who are in nursing homes. It doesn't matter where you're at. Paul here was chained to a soldier in his <laughs> rented quarters. And it doesn't matter where we're at mm -hmm. and that station of life that God has us, the message hasn't changed. God is still the same and the gospel is still good news no matter where we are or where we go or what we're doing. And mm -hmm. so the Holy Spirit is in us to help us to yeah. well, and that's, carry that's that on. the fact of the matter. Since Genesis 3, God hasn't changed. We did, and we do. And and I, I appreciate you bringing up that passage in Acts because we ask that question a lot. God, have you forsaken your people? Mm -hmm. Like well, that, That's a very common thing to get from, from somebody questioning God or, or, or whether or not they're a believer, maybe a spiritual infant of some sort, like that, we get that. Yeah, uh, it can be it very discouraging when very you discouraging. share the gospel with somebody and they don't believe or, sure. or fight back, you know? <laughs> but odds are whatever question they have or whatever grievance they have towards the idea of God or God or whatever, it's probably in here somewhere. Like that's the encouragement of this Bible thing. And whatever anybody's wrestle or frustration is, please understand it. It's biblical in the sense that the Bible accounts for that argument somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Rogan has the number one podcast in the world, and he had a, a dialogue with somebody uh, for five, seven minutes long, and they went back and forth about how they both wished there was some sort of book that could talk to you about life and how to live it effectively, how to avoid certain pitfalls, and they started listing all these things they'd like to see in a book. And some Christians grabbed it on social media and they just captioned the link to the video, uh, who wants to tell him <laughs> that, that we have one of those things, yeah. that, that the Bible is not just to bore your kids with once a week by dragging them to church. It's so much more than that. And I have found tremendous fruit in my walk and the walk of our teenagers at this church when I get to see the dots connect. Oh, wait a second. Even my doubt is biblical. Even my frustration with the Lord is biblical in the sense that the Bible accounts for it. It's not some sort of unknown, uncharted waters where we have to wonder, okay, great, everyone in that book had that God. I wonder what kind of God I have. Mm -hmm. That's how he chose to reveal himself, and he's still here, and he's still doing it. And if we can raise that value, we've said it over and over, biblical dependency in our walk. Oh, my goodness. It, yeah. it, we can rely on the scripture, and then we get in conversations like this, and we're not just um, doing a podcast where I share my experience you share yours. What, oh, Alicia, what do you think about God? And then I'll say, what do I think about God? What does God say about himself that we all have seen in our lives? And that is the difference between uh, Christ-like encouragement and sometimes Christian encouragement, where if we're not careful, we can go to coffee with somebody and spend 30 minutes saying what we think. Or, 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 well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. That's fine. We can talk through those things. But man, if we can point each other back to this so that, huh, no, do I have it all sorted out? No, but somebody does yeah. and he's on the throne right now. Yeah. So what's, what is one of the overarching themes about God's character that you all have seen, you know, that have really jumped out to you from the text? Mm -hmm. um, kind of along the lines of 
the sovereignty, but but more of like um, just the conviction that Paul had to keep going mm-hmm. is like pretty inspiring. Mm-hmm. Like he was in a shipwreck and mm-hmm. he could have just like bailed, you know, like they were on, an, on a random island. But instead, like he continues to go to Rome where he's going to be arrested. And he mm-hmm. chose that. And to then be like, you know, to have those hard conversations and then to be under house arrest for two more years. Like he chose to go to that instead of, oh, I was in the shipwreck. This is my way out. Like, I don't know. He just kept his perseverance is pretty mm-hmm. inspiring. Yeah. But obviously that comes from the Lord. Yeah. And that's so cool that that was so like ingrained in him and so powerful. And mm-hmm. I also I saw something where um, they were talking about him when he was under house arrest. That's probably the safest he ever was. like that's true kind of crazy yeah (laughs) um but also like what a blessing that he had that time to then write Mm -hmm. all those letters yeah Um, and it's funny that i think mark phrased it i don't know if this this week or that last week paul had a captive audience because he was a prisoner like there's such a beautiful subtlety to that and i think that's manifested itself in some modern day movies or or cinema where somebody is in prison and they're kind of goofy about it or they're poking fun at the prison guard that prison card can't go anywhere right <laughs> yeah. you you have a captive audience if if you are there with bars around you you clearly know down to the cubic foot where god wants you right now mm-hmm. and so you go okay what am i going to do with that and so to your question alicia i think the character of God in the sense that he's so intentional, it's not that he's wasting our time either. Mm-hmm. I can arrive at that so easily. Yes, God is sovereign, but by golly, he's got me in a season where where my time's being wasted or, or a certain thing, maybe it's a, the minutia of a day or a week or whatever, where it's like, hmm, this doesn't seem to be, it, things aren't happening. Uh, as if God is idle or I'm off or, you know, this, that, and the other. But we look at not what... Not being one of the most highly effective people. Uh, right, <laughs> right, yeah. And, and, and we decide that standard or it's yeah. like, oh my goodness, today I'm not being used by the Lord in this person's life. Or this. But we look at what he went through, what these people went through, what could easily, Abby, you alluded to this, be described as a waste of time or being in Malta being like, I'm done. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I try to allude to that anytime I preach Acts. I'm like, I know what my temptation would yeah. be. Uh-huh. I'm I'm over it. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Like yeah. it would be so easy to, but that's so fleshly. And it's, uh, of course, we're going to think that. The moment we rely on our own strength, we're guaranteed to think something like that. Yeah. Paul had a greater awareness of Christ's love for him than he did of the jail cell or of the house arrest or of the the shipwreck. Okay, another opportunity to glorify the Lord. It's just another opportunity to glorify the Lord. Hannah and I have started saying that to each other. Okay, didn't expect that. It's just another opportunity to glorify the Lord. And it's not an inevitability either. Like we have a role in that. Uh, Are we going to let that glorify God or are we just going to let it tick us off for a couple of days? Mm, That's convicting yeah. Yeah. and very hard to very hard to do. But Acts helps, I think, with that a little bit. Yeah. Well, and even um, towards the end there where he, he does have a conversation with the Jews and he does get frustrated. But what does he do with that? He's, he turns around and he's like, okay, the Gentiles then. Let's mm-hmm. let's get this going. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think uh, which chapter I was preaching through, 19 or 20 or something. He, he's like literally going door to door and they wouldn't hear him. So he just went, he just kept going. He's like, okay, <laughs> I have a message and I'm not going to get caught up on, on whether or not you reject it. Mm-hmm. I will only rely on my ability to speak it. It, it's, it speaks this idea of God is calling us to obedience, not success. Paul could say, shoot, they didn't, 
They didn't acknowledge it. They didn't embrace it. Some of them didn't just say no. They said no and then chased him with a stick, like of all reasons to quit. But he was like, no, 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 no. That's between them and the Lord if they're not. This is a true message. And regardless of how the audience interacts, there are more people that need it. What a mature mentality that is. Yeah. Another theme that stood out to me over the book of Acts is uh, how God is a God of grace and how he imparts that grace to Hmm. His people. And um, I just wrote down a few verses and I'll just share a couple of them. I won't share all of them that just highlights that. But uh, in 433, uh, it says, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And then over in 6.8, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And I'll read one more. 11.23 says, uh, when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. So it's like they're... God has given this grace to empower his people, and it is so other than. It's mm. very it's supernatural mm. that these people walked in the grace of God. And the grace of God also can be used as like in referring to the term for salvation and mm-hmm. those sort of things. But but here it's like it's an action. It's they've received this grace and they're also being challenged to continue in it. Mm-hmm. And it's a that's a spirit filled oh, gift. Yeah that's been given. And so God is just so generous through the book of Acts in his sovereignty and his in his provision to mm-hmm. provide Paul with perseverance and to be so intentional in everything. And yeah, so he's like, and he's just a God of grace. Mm-hmm. So we can pull themes of, you know, these, these character attributes of God throughout the whole book. And it's really beautiful because it brings it all all glory to him. Mm-hmm. We asked that question. How in the world was Paul able to do it? Well, it didn't have anything to do with the world at all. You you just said it, Alicia. It was so other than this, this strength and this avenue we get. And I think that's what's so important mm-hmm. when we look at our own spiritual lives of, of realizing what exactly are we relying on mm-hmm. and how important and powerful is that spirit? How important and crucial is our our understanding of the spirit in our day to day walk? I think it's a it's a common misnomer and misconception to think Christianity is supposed to be counter cultural. I've heard people say that speakers and teachers say that we we are called as the church to be counter cultural. Whatever the culture is, we're going to be the antithesis of it, the exact opposite of it. I don't necessarily think that's true at all. Christianity is anti cultural. It's not bound by that. We we are not a reactive faith based on what the world is deciding to do. Is that a metric? Yeah. You can look at what our culture is doing. Odds are it's pretty brutal. And odds are if you choose the alternative, it's better. But our hope is not in battling the 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 you know film negative response of what they're doing. It's not being bound by the culture at all so that we are steadfast in Christ. Because I find often as I meet with young people, you have to break that barrier down that it doesn't matter what time period you were born in and what culture you find yourself in, the Bible is still just as valuable. We have kids that don't that actually don't believe that, mm-hmm. that the Bible is not valuable anymore. That's an outdated old culture. But 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 now we're dealing with this. But now we're, I've, I've heard 
families, parents, mature people in the Lord say, things are different now. Things are happening now that have never happened before, yes, but the devil doesn't know new tricks. He's just been given new tools. And if we can understand what the Word of God says, including about itself, that it has no expiration date mm-hmm. and is what God has given us, then the, the radar's up in the right way where we go, okay, maybe, just maybe, Scripture is what I'm going to need to get through it instead of an experiential, yeah. I don't know. And the message that that John the Baptist and Paul and Jesus and the Old Testament's prof- prophets we're pointing to in mm-hmm. the kingdom of God that we we know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And when, when you were talking, it made me think about Revelation 11 and uh, 15. Then, then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He is the unchanging God. He has always been reigning and he will continue to reign forever and ever. And his kingdom is going to be established Mm -hmm. and he is going to make all things new. And that is, that is the hope for Israel and for us and that his name is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's nobody out there who is beyond the scope of God's grace that can't receive this message, that cannot believe. And there's there's no one exempt from needing grace. Like we all need redeeming grace. And so that message is for Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. And there is such hope to know that God's with us now and he's also with us forever. Yeah. And he's invited us into that. Paul devoted his entire missionary life to addressing the question, Jesus died for me, so now what? And and we should be so grateful for that, that mm-hmm. he spent so much time, the Spirit through him, faithfully addressing that question because he ascended, Jesus did, but didn't leave us without a helper. He went so far to specifically call the mm-hmm. Spirit the helper. And and you, you mentioned it, it's always only ever been about this Jesus. And and it's fascinating that as far as the Old Testament is concerned, the, the transfiguration of Jesus and the, the gospel counts, Moses and Elijah were there. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what were they doing there? Why in the world were they there? A lot of scholars will say, well, Moses represented the, the Jewish law and Elijah represented the the prophets specifically, so I think God had a had a symbolic uh, sense about him when he said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll bring Moses and Elijah down there for that for that moment." I think it was more than that. I think Moses and Elijah had a stake in his claim, and even they and their people from the Old Testament had a vested interest in this coming Messiah mm-hmm. and what Jesus was going to do. It, mm-hmm. it it all comes down to him. And, and the whole book of Hebrews, first three chapters, kind of helps put Moses and the angels in perspective compared to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have so many examples proving that to be true. Moses and Elijah came to the transfiguration because of this Jesus. That's incredible. It is. So yeah. it all comes back to that. And we can look at our relationship with him and be motivated to kind of become our own, own Acts 29. So that's kind of where we go from there, I yeah. guess. Any other other thoughts to that? I do need to clarify something. It'll be interesting to see if Mark Francis listens to this, because 
they're called our global church partners. Okay, <laughs> I've been tossing missionary out a lot. Uh, if you've ever been, <laughs> if you've ever been in a meeting with Mark Francis, uh, he it doesn't fly. So yes, Mark, sorry, there's no way he's listening. He's way too busy. Uh, our global church partners will be here. So. <laughs> A lot going on. Uh, I don't know how much you know, Abby, yeah, but I'd like to think the website <laughs> has. Feel free to share what, what sure. we know. To so be um, all week there's activities. Um, yeah. But the like ones coming up is on Sunday um, in the evening. There's going to be a worship night, which mm. is going to be a lot of fun. It'll be um, like with our global church partners. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, and like just a, a good meet and greet time and just kind of to kick off the week. Mm. Um, there's still opportunities to sign up and do like lunch or take them around town on that Wednesday, the 11th. Um, there's going to be a family night on Friday, which uh, Keystone has had a part in planning and mm-hmm. it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, is that here at the church? It, it is. is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it'll be in the main auditorium. Um, and so, yeah, it's open to families. There'll be some desserts. It's an open house time. So mm-hmm. come, come and go as you can. Um, and then there's also the fall festival day on Saturday. And then the next Sunday, the 15th, is going to be the family meeting in the evening, which our global church partners will also be in attendance for. So lots of opportunities to interact with them this Have week. you provided nap time for... <laughs> they are going to be so exhausted. They're napping on the bus to Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was all from your head. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. Very good. Uh, it's right on our website, peeps. If you go to fpcva.org, you'll see the, the global church logo uh, pop right up, but... Axe has been awesome. Uh, we're very excited for what's to come after a couple uh, Global Church Partner weekends here, so stay tuned for what's to come. Alicia, thank you for being here. You're, You're awesome. Abby, you. appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thank you. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. Video version available weekly on YouTube. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love. God bless.